Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar, and welcome to a very fun edition of Steam Cleaners. I am very excited to talk about uh, some games today, games that Walter and I have never talked about on the on this podcast before. That's the whole gimmick. We do different games every time, and I can't wait to hear what my lovely co-host, Walter Cietis Fetchuk, has been playing. Walter, how are you doing today? I am doing very well. I am doing very well. We just got done recording an episode of uh, a Final Cut, uh, and now we're, we're on to Steam Cleaners. Uh, I had a pretty busy weekend. Um, just doing some some stuff around the house, some just like random errands and stuff. And the people that do the sort of like uh, like when they create goals for themselves and they make they have like those apps that turn it into like quests and you get experience and stuff and it just like try to gamify everything. I can kind of understand why sometimes you would want to gamify some of the like menial stuff you do in life because it can it can take a lot out of you. And even though you had days off from work, it feels like you really didn't have a day off to yourself. Um, but I'm excited. I got to play the, the two games that I'm going to talk about today because, spoiler alert, I'm still working on that itch.io Ukraine bundle uh, because I hadn't gotten my copy of uh, Destroy All Humans yet. But earlier today, the Humble Choice email for April hopped into my uh, inbox. So I can already tell you that in two weeks, we'll be talking about Destroy All Humans, and I'm very excited for that. Oh boy, a preview, a sneak preview for the first time on this podcast. Um, well, we will we will look forward to that, but uh, you said you've got two games that you were playing as part of your IO Bundle Deep Dive. Uh, what was the first game on your, your list today? Yes. So the, the first game that I want to touch on, um, because much like last time, some of the games in this bundle are relatively quick to play. Um, I want to bring up uh, Depenna Nocturne. Um, and it is a, a short little exploration game where the premise is that uh, you have gone out into, into the night um, because your partner is currently at work and you've decided they've been working really hard, really late hours, all these, you know, you would just want to do something nice for them. So you go out and try to find a gift for them. And the only place that is open is this little nighttime convenience store, hence the name uh, Dependa Nocturne. Uh, and you go in there and there's there's a... Um, uh, a woman, an uh, anthropomorphic salamander, I guess, that's the, the shop owner, and you have a little conversation with her about who she is and, and what this place is, and it turns out that it's a family business, and her parents used to run it, and she went off to college to learn divination, but then, like, divination doesn't really pay all that well. Not a lot of people are looking for witches, uh, so then she decides to come back and to run the store as because her parents were you know, aging and getting older. Um, and uh, there's a cat. She has a cat. Um, and the cat, like, moves around the store. Like, every time you turn around, it seems to be in a different place. And, yeah, you're just looking for a gift for your partner amongst the, like, random items uh, that are in the convenience, uh, in this convenience store. And don't worry about the locked door that's in the back of the fridge. Just don't worry oh. about it. Okay. I was going to say, this sounds like a very cute kind of, you know, light, casual game. And then you said locked door behind a fridge? Um, and that makes me feel like there might be something more menacing going on here, perhaps, behind the scenes. 
I will leave that to all of you to explore and discover on your own, because if I tell you anything about the door, then that would kind of spoil the game. Um, It's like each little run to go through it is like 20 minutes at the most. Like if you go through and you click everything, it's like 20 minutes at the most. Uh, I will leave you with like this little teaser. So to, to get behind that door, to figure out what's behind the door, um, it is like prompted, like you'll be picking up a bunch of like items out of, uh, you know, that your partner might like. And after you pick up a certain number of like uh, certain weird items, um, like you can't just pick up like anything that's in the store. There are certain items you can click on and bring over and get like a, you know, a description to what it is. Um, one of them is there is a turnip that is in the fridge. And if you bring it up, it's, um, it grew in like the graveyard near her grandparents plot and it would make really good soup. Um, and that's like all, all like the specifics I remember about it. But if you pick up enough of like the weirder items, uh, she will say to you, like, I think I have a way to figure out what you're actually looking for. And then, you know, something happens and maybe you find the, the perfect gift for your partner. Maybe you don't, I don't know. You're going to have to play the game. Uh, it's five bucks on Steam. If you got the the itch.io bundle, obviously, like play it. It's it's really fun. It's really cute. It has a bunch of replayability because um like there's different items and you can click on them and get you know different information about those items. Uh, you can pet the cat. That is always incredibly important. If there is a cat or a dog in a game, I want to be able to pet it, and you can absolutely pet the cat. So yeah, I I would I mean it's twenty minutes to play through it. It's five bucks. Like you can play through it a couple of times and you'll enjoy it. It was a lot of fun, and it's also in French as well. You can play it either in English or in French, and it has a very like cute way of doing it. Instead of having like an English like a, a language setting that you choose in the settings, in the course of talking with this person, um, you can be like, she she you know greets you and she says bonsoir. And you can either say, you know, good evening, or you can say bonsoir back. And then she'll talk to you in either English or French. And then again, it gives you an option to be like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I don't speak French or I don't know what you're saying. I don't speak English. And then for the rest of the, um, the rest of the playthrough, she'll speak in either English or French, depending on your, your earlier decisions, which I thought was really in it. Like, that was really, that was a really good idea. That was really cute to do that. Yeah, that's, that's quite clever. And, you know, I, I think with, Games like that, you're always looking for, for streamlined solutions, um, ways of, of very cleverly uh, allowing players to interact with the world and, and feel like they're having this very direct control of it. And if you can incorporate that into even just selecting a language, I, I think that that's very cool. Um, it, it sounds certainly like uh, an interesting experience uh, I, 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 I like the, the concept a lot. I'm having kind of a, uh, a hard time visualizing exactly what it would look like, but I feel like that's kind of part of the, the, the journey, is, is exploring this shop, figuring out what it has to offer, and putting these things together. So definitely sounds interesting and worth people's time. I'm assuming you recommend it? Is that Yes, yeah, say? yeah, yeah. I absolutely would. And even if you didn't like get it in a bundle, like for five bucks... I, yeah, I think it's worth to play it for five bucks if you just want, you know, uh, uh, an interesting, you know, experience that is, like, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. It's 
it's fun. It's definitely worth five bucks to give it a try. So I, I definitely, definitely would recommend playing it. And I, I just, I can't say a lot about a 20 minute long game without really spoiling stuff. So that's why there's not a lot to say. That's very true. And I'm sure that that means that you've picked uh, another game with like a lot of plot, a lot of like strong character development, um, something very, uh, you know, uh, matching the same kind of tone with this more grounded to earth, uh, kind of atmosphere. So, so what was your other game? So Chase, I need you to, I need you to stretch your wings for a second here. And I need you to, 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 to come with me on this journey for what I'm about to describe for you. So I mm-hmm. want you to imagine that there's a person in your life and they stop doing a hobby that they used to really love and they they aren't around a lot because they have this new job that they hate and all they do is complain about it and you you you're trying to like get back you know you're trying to have like a relationship with them again you're trying to break them out of this funk um so you learn that hobby you decide that you're going to take up skateboarding to try and get that person's attention because they used to love skateboarding oh and you're their small little pet bird I played Skatebird this week, <laughs> and it was fun. Uh, that Skatebird was kind of what drew me, besides obviously the like donation to a charitable cause and to to one that is you know near and dear and important to my heart and to my family. You know, helping out these organizations with with what's going on in Ukraine. Um, Skatebird was something that when it came out. Um, back in September of last year, really took over Twitch for like a couple weeks. Uh, a lot of people were talking about it. A lot of streamers were talking about it on Twitter. Uh, Twitter um, were playing it. Everyone seemed to have like really good experience with it. And uh, when I saw it as part of the bundle, I was like, "Well, absolutely! Like, absolutely! There we go. There's like, if that's the only game I play out of this bundle, I'll be content. Like, I'll be happy with it." Um, fuck, is that game harder than I thought it was going to be? <laughs> Wow. So does it play like like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater kind of skateboarding? Or is it the more uh, grounded, like, Skate 3 kind not, of skateboarding? Not. It's definitely like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, but imagine if Bam Majura actually was the person who programmed, like, the controller. Like, how the controls work. Um, because uh-huh. the controls are... It's not that the game is hard. Like, the game itself is not hard. But getting used to how the game plays and how the controls work, um, like, it's not hard to do combos. You just, like, button mash. You just, like, you just hit X and B and you just button mash stuff. But, like, getting good at it to the point where you're doing really, really large combos or just, like, kind of controlling. If you're trying to do anything that's, like, really fine-tuned, like, you're trying to hit a ramp that way you can get up to a particular area... Like, it's just clunky at times. And I, I'll be honest, like, playing... When I first, like, turned it on and started playing it... Granted, my controller died after, like, a half hour. So I had to, like, had to wait a day for my batteries to recharge. But, like, that first half hour was really, really frustrating. And I almost just put the game down because I wasn't having fun. Um, But, like, once I finally got the hang of it... And I just kind of pushed through the, like, initial difficulty of of trying to learn how to control the board. Because, like, one of the things is you're a bird. So when you're up in the air, like, you're not 
you're not like a, a it's not like Tony Hawk where you go up and you immediately come down. Like you're a bird. Like you can actually flap your wings up and like extend your airtime for a little bit. Um, right. And like that's kind of interesting. But like to get to certain areas, you have to do that, and it's a little difficult to like time it properly because if you do it too close to a wall, you like bounce off the wall instead of going straight up. Or your like the height you gain is based off of it is like sort of based off your multiple like your multiplier like the more tricks you do the more air you'll be able to get when you like come down and go up a different ramp so that takes a little bit of getting used to um, there isn't a way from what I can like tell and from what I like tried I didn't try very hard but there isn't a very easy way to like switch direct like to switch. Like in the Tony Hawk games, you used to be able to press a button and the board would just like turn, like you would turn, turn around, but keep going the same direction. Like there was, I couldn't figure out a way to do that in this. Um, like it is, it is an homage to the Tony Hawk series. Um, and it's not a, like, it's not, they, it's, they're not ripping off Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. They're homaging to it, and they set up this cute little story where instead of, you know, doing this skateboard contest across the United States, dealing with the guys from Jackass, it's, you're this little bird that is trying to make your owner happy again because they're miserable just working a dead-end office job. And that's cute. That's, like, a really cute premise. Yeah, I mean, it sounds uh, adorable in a lot of different ways, right? I, I think, um, first of all, uh, we need another series that's doing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater thing, because I've seen what the Pro Skater people are doing with that license, and it's not ideal. So very happy to have a, a new game come in with a, a similar kind of angle and maybe remembering the, the, the fun of it in, in the way that you would want to. Um, it's also just... I mean, they're burbs. It seems real colorful. Um, and and I, I, I think there's kind of an intrinsic uh, silliness to that kind of concept, the way that uh, you might see for Avian Attorney, which is kind of a uh, Phoenix Wright alike, um, but with birds. Or, uh, oh God, there's a really famous dating sim uh, that's all birds. Oh, uh, that H- Hatoful Boyfriend. Hatoful Boyfriend, that's the one. Um, you add birds to a lot of formulas and it does make it more, uh, interesting or fun. I, I, I think, uh, that the power of burbs really coming through there. I'd like to hear a little bit more about like the plot and, and some of the, the kind of moment to moment beats because, uh, you, uh, you know, the idea of, of wanting to be there and, and support kind of your, your owner who's going through a tough time and a dead end job. I think is immediately kind of a, a heartwarming concept. But I also, from my understanding, uh, I believe this game's uh, supposed to be pretty funny as well. Um, and I, I'd be curious to hear like what, like the kind of cast of characters that you run into outside of, of your owner, because it, just from seeing some of the screenshots, it looks like it is a more eclectic collection it is it, it's it's incredibly eclectic uh you obviously you can dress up your verb in funny outfits and yes as you skate around you can unlock more outfits um my bird is very hipsterish it's got got glasses got you know a little hat got a scarf 
Um, but there's like you could put a monocle and a top hat on it. There's different types of birds. So like you could be like a peregrine falcon. You could be a barn owl. You could be a dove. Like there's customization to it. So you can make your bird the way you want your bird to look. Um, as for like the cast of characters, like there is a lot of bird puns. Um, they they definitely rely on it. There's a reference to like the their favorite you know, skateboarding bird friend. Like, skateboarding birds are a thing, apparently, in this universe. Like, you're just learning how to skateboard to, like, make your friend happy, but apparently, like, there's a bird named Tony Hawk, and, like, he's your idol. Like, you love him. And he's a bird. He's not really, like, Tony Hawk, like, the person. Um, the, like, the cast of characters you meet, have you ever wanted a bird to extol the virtues of capitalism to you? And the mission that he gives you is you need to score a certain amount of points in a combo. Yes, there is a Gordon Gecko bird. Uh, yes, he is wearing the, the shirt you would expect Gordon Gecko to wear, and he has a coiffed hair. Um, it's funny. He shows up in multiple places, and it's it's like the same thing. It's like, how do you make money? You need seed. You need seed capital. That's how you make money. Like, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> of course it's seed capital. It is. It's seed capital. Come on. It's birds. Like, what are they going to do? Use a dollar bill? No. Um, like, they even make a joke about it where he's like, I'll give you $5. And the bird is like, what am I supposed to do with $5? I'm a bird. <laughs> like, um, there's a couple other uh, returning characters there is like there's like an older bird that's like a like a grandmothery figure but she sort of portrays the like she'll make comments like oh this is just like the time that i pulled off that heist at that bank overseas and you're like wait what are you talking about she's like oh i don't know what you're talking about i didn't mention anything like that we definitely didn't need to use six duffel bags instead of five like just little like that hints that like <laughs> she has like a deeper darker backstory um and like as a bird you're in your your owner's like house in a in their apartment so hey you learned how to skateboard but your your owner isn't home so like where are you like how are you going to show your owner that you know how to skateboard if he's never home well obviously you're going to go to where he works so like the entire first stage is in the apartment and you like do things to like clean up the apartment you like make the bed by you know going over to certain points and hitting a balloon so it fills up with air so it lifts the covers back up to where it's supposed to go you knock the cups that are like lying around over by ollieing off of them um you then have to like you know take find some plastics you know forks and then bring them over to the window to pry the window open cool now you've gotten out of the apartment you were able to find where your owner works, but you're, you're a bird. So where are you stuck? You're on the roof. So how do you get into the bird? Well, you, you call, um, you call splinter cell bird to help you break into the office. Well, how do you break into the office? Well, you have to break the glass in the atrium to like then go down into the building. Well, how do you do that? You need to get all the birds from all over the place to come over and to like hang out on top of the glass and like genuinely that level ends with a, a really really funny moment is that you've done all this crazy stuff to get all these birds to like come watch you skateboard right you've like set up fireworks you've done all this crazy shit so all these other birds and you are sitting on top of this you know this skylight essentially and it's like cool how are we gonna break this and the guy is just the, the quest giver is like oh just do an ollie and you do one ollie and you land and then because of the weight of that, like, just that little, like, 
crack. And the weight of all the other birds causes the glass to break. And then you fall down into the into the office. And uh, there's just... I don't want to go too much further because I don't want to, like, spoil the other levels. But, like, there is. There's a lot of, like... It's a lot of bird puns. It's a lot of, like, trying to do some, like, wacky and crazy things to, um, to harken back to the Tony Hawk Pro Skater days. And I felt like... I felt like I was playing Tony Hawk. Like, it's not like... Um, it's not like I didn't understand what they were trying to do. It definitely felt like a Tony Hawk game, but just in like kind of an indie game skit. Yeah, I I mean, it looks very fun. And I, I will say, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Eduardo Stukrath, who was on for the Danganronpa V3 episode, uh, will be very excited to hear that you liked it as much as he did because he has been extolling its virtues to me for a while now. Um, it is very much on my list, um, and it is on the Switch, which means that I can actually get to it um, in a reasonable amount of time. But I, I, I'm assuming this is another recommend from you then, or two for two on games that you think people will, should go out and enjoy. Yes, I, I think you should play it because I think the developers should be rewarded for coming up with a really interesting and a really good homage to a game that I think a lot of people our age have attachments to. Like, I loved playing the Tony Hawk series when I was younger on my Nintendo 64 or my PlayStation. Like, I fucking loved those games. Never was a skateboarder, never was really into it. You know, would watch the X Games on occasional, but that would just be because that was what was on TV. And like I would root for the skateboarders that I knew because of the Tony Hawk games. Um, it was fun. It's a little frustrating. It's a little bit janky. It's definitely not like a perfect, finely tuned, awesome, amazing game that there's never anything wrong with it. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's cute. You can dress up your bird. There's bird puns. Um, it's not difficult in terms, like, you can, you can build up a pretty big combo just by, like, button mashing X and B and just mainly focusing on making sure that you're jumping off the ramps and landing on, you know, landing on the next ramp appropriately. Um, but yeah, I would, I would absolutely recommend it. Um, even if it's just a, like, hey, again, like, this is a perfect travel game where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm commuting on a train or a bus for an hour to go to work. Let me let me pull it out and play some skateboard while I'm while I'm waiting there, and it it'll definitely cheer you up if you're having a bad day. Doing an ollie with a bird on a skateboard while he's wearing a little rainbow spinner hat that'll that'll make you feel better. Well, you know, I first of all, you had me at at bird puns, my friend. I I'm very much uh, interested in in down. Uh, I also, I, I will say, I'm glad that you brought up the idea of a, a game that brings a smile to your face, because uh, the game that I have played for this week is one that's pretty much just designed to bring a smile to one's face. It is a game that has provided me with a childlike glee uh, at many an occasion over the course of the last couple weeks, and I am, of course, referring to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Uh, the latest entry into the Kirby franchise uh, for the Nintendo Switch. God, this game's so good, man. It's so cute. Oh, my God. A everything you need to know about the game. Um, it starts from the very beginning. You, you, know, you get torn through this void 
uh, and you end up on a beach in some almost like post-apocalyptic uh, landscape. And you, you start playing around with the buttons and you realize if you hit down on the D-pad, Kirby kind of plops down and he starts kicking his little feet up in the air. Uh, and if you hit up on the D-pad, he uh, gets on his tiptoes and waves at you and goes, Hi! Um, and that's everything. That's If you don't understand why Kirby is so good, you have to be the kind of person who wants that adorableness in your life because it's all built on the idea that Kirby is so cute that you must protect him, that you must help him save the world and keep him from harm because he is just the the tiny little pink ball who just wants to to help people and be cute and go on adventures and uh, that's what i needed these last couple weeks and that is what i got these last couple weeks just wholesome fun through and through and a a just a, a really really cute i you know i never played like a lot of the main series kirby games like, I've played some of the, the spin-off-y kind of things, right? I played Kirby Air Ride. I played a little bit of Epic Yarn. I obviously am very familiar with Kirby and the concept from like the Smash Bros. side of things. But this is really a, a mainline Kirby game through and through, going through levels, uh, trying to get as many collectibles as you can, getting all of your power-ups to by absorbing different enemy abilities and using those to go through the level and find even more secrets. And there's just a polish and a shine to it and a love uh, in throughout this game that you can see the developers have for it. Um, I, I got to show you uh, the first, the first enemy in the game, Walter, the, the, the enemy that is the most common and uh, really defines uh, the beginning of the overworld. It's called an Awoofy, and I just sent you a picture of what one looks like. And I have seen the Awoofies because I have watched RT Game play this game, so I am very, okay. I am very familiar with with Kirby and playing it on the DS. Um, my youngest brother was a huge Kirby fan when he was growing up and would love to make the, like, the, the like, Poyo noises. Um, cause he was, the, he was the baby of the family, so he was the little cute one, so he would do, do stuff like that. But I have seen the Awoofy, and it is adorable, and I want 20 of them for myself. Right? And that's the bad guy! Like, like, that, everything about this game is just concentrated, uh, cuteness and fun. And it, it does so in a way that remains engaging throughout, you know? I think Kirby games have a reputation of being pretty easy, and it certainly is if you want to play it on the easiest mode. And certainly if you just want to, like, get to the end of the level, yeah, you can do so pretty easily. I didn't die very often over the course of my adventure, though I, when I did die, it was usually because I was trying to do something uh, that maybe I, I shouldn't have been pushing my luck a little bit. Um, but... What adds challenge to it in two different directions? Um, the, the first is that there are just so many collectibles and alternate conditions you need to fulfill in order to collect all of the Waddle Dees on every level. So you're constantly being pushed to explore all these different things and do things in weird ways and kind of adjust your, your play style in, in certain ways. And 
Um, there's that sense of exploration that it carries throughout, certainly, but it also means that every once in a while you'll get a challenge thrown at you, like a race course that you need to finish in a certain amount of time, and the only way that you can get the max reward is if you take some hard shortcuts that you really have to cut the corner on just right. Um, or you'd have the challenge levels. There are challenge levels for every single upgrade ability that you have, uh, including what they have is, is these new mouthful abilities, which are a little bit different um, because they come not from enemies, but from kind of uh, random assorted objects from this kind of uh, uh, post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, yeah Chase, um, how do you do those races? How do you do those races? Yeah. Well, you you become a car, of course. You become car Kirby, uh, Kirby, if you will. It's so good. It's uh, again, it's adorable, but it's also like it's it's very refined. There are only a couple buttons you need to know. Everything is there in front of you. You have all the tools to do it. But there are nuances if you get them. You know, if you understand uh, when to do certain combos or or, or how to. Um, time things or, or when to use charge attacks or whatever else. Um, there is some skill to it. Some and and some boss battles that toward the end of the game do push you if you're playing on you know the kind of quote unquote normal difficulty. Um, but it's it's just concentrated fun through and through at the end of the day. It's like hey, you want to go around? You want to become a roller coaster? Here's a level where Kirby gets to suck up. A roller coaster thing, and now you're on a roller coaster, and you have to flip around to collect all the collectibles and avoid things. Or, hey, here's kind of a, a light bulb section that'll be stealth in the dark, and you have to light yourself up so that you can see what's around you. But uh oh, there are enemies that'll see if you light up, so you got to be careful about your timing. And everything works this way. Um, and as you get deeper into the game, you know they start stacking on each other. Well, you'll need combinations of different abilities in order to get all of the secrets on these levels and backtrack when you uh, find certain things because those the ability that you need only appears later on in the level. Um, the, the level design in this is really, really sharp. Um, I, I believe people who argue that this is one of the best Kirby games ever made um, just from pure level design, the optional challenges, the collectibles, and the post game, which I haven't finished yet, um, but kind of like takes you through a harder version of all of the different worlds, kind of condensed in this um, kind of trippy way. Um, it's really well put together, and it's the kind of thing that reminds you why Nintendo has managed to get away with as much bullshit as it gets away with, because the polish is just impeccable. Um, there, I, I forget which developer uh, was interviewed about this, but there was a there was a a person who worked on the game who made the comment of like the game is so like Kirby is so adorable and and wonderful and heartwarming that like even they uh, would like change certain balance things or or go out of their way to provide alternatives so that you can keep Kirby out of being in too crazy of danger because they didn't want to see Kirby get hurt, you know? Um, there's a, a love for the character, a love for the world, a love for, you know, the enemies. The King Dedede design in this game is awesome. I love the way they reimagined that character um, and kind of embraced some of the, like, 
original roots that he had. Um, I I love um, so much about the the character design and world design, and we haven't even started talking about the powers, which I I have literally paused hangouts with my friends to be like, let me show you how adorable this is. Do you understand that you can put a little like wool hat on Kirby and then he can breathe ice and he, uh, the ice makes snowmen that are actually like walruses and it's like walrus snowmen and you can push them. It's wonderful. Amazing. Love it. You get a toy hammer and it's got the like kind of plasticky feel to it, but he's also wearing a little bit of a hard hat because Kirby has to protect himself. Amazing. So many abilities are just so fun and cute and add different elements to it. And they all interact in different ways so that, like, even within the same power-up, you do feel like you're making a significant change when you pick um, which one you want to take. And don't worry if you you feel like, um, you know, the one that you like is not as stat-wise quite as good as the one... Uh, that you upgrade into because you can later on in the game level it up and make it better so that you can have your most powerful version of the one that you fell in love with. And I, I just think that there's something really special about a game that is made with the kind of craft and polish and clear love for the character and the world and the people playing it. Um, there's so much to love about yeah, I, I, when we, you know, did the prep for before the episode, we always asked, oh, what games did you play? That way we can, you know, pull up the, the Steam pages, the Wikipedia pages, whatever. And when he said, oh, I played Kirby in the Forgotten Land, I was like, of course you played a Switch game. Like, I could have just pulled any <laughs> Switch title out and figured out what you played. Um, and I do, I am a little jealous of that. I am a little jealous of that you get to play these Nintendo titles because you do use your Switch so much. And you know, I I played some of Mario Odyssey, and from what I saw the playthrough of Kirby the Forgotten Land, again watching RT game, I saw a lot of Mario Odyssey in that, and it and it did it. It was just so cute, and seeing all the upgrades and seeing that there was some challenge to it. I remember there's one level where he got stuck trying to get the last Waddle Dee on it because he couldn't beat. Uh, it was like two of the walrus bosses at the same time and he had to do it without taking damage and he like kept failing at it kept failing at it kept failing at it and it, and you could tell like it was getting frustrating um which is something that like I, yeah i just remembering playing kirby games in the past they were never difficult they were always relatively easy and the, and the like difficult part of it would be like oh well i really like i really like wheel kirby so I'm going to try and do this entire level just with Wheel Kirby. And then every time you get hit and it would like, the star would come out and you'd be like, oh, I got to go chase it to get that ability back because I really like that one in particular. Um, or like in this game, the abilities, it, it, what is it? It's like Spike Kirby. And then at one point you can like get up and roll around with Spike Kirby and it's almost like Katamari where you're, yeah. you're you know poking everything and picking up everything. And it is. Yeah, there's the clutter it's spike. It, it's so fun. It, it's... You know, and then it upgrades into a crystal spike, and you've got these giant purple crystals on your pink crystals on your head, and it's just there, there's so much of it that that all comes together. And I, I think you you touch on a good point, which is that you can't just have one way of playing this game if you want to have everything that it has to offer. You know, it it requires you to be versatile and to change things up and 
you know, learn how to do all of these different things, especially if you're trying to beat the clear time for all of the challenges, which I, I have not done uh, because uh, some of them are ridiculous. Some of those side challenges, um, especially some of the like mouthful abilities, um, the, the timing is so precise and you have to be basically perfect. And I love that it has that. Um, and I love just, again, you go back to the Waddle D town and it's constantly being built up and you're unlocking new buildings as you get more Waddle Ds and the town gets bigger and more populated and there are more uh, shops for you to explore, more mini games for you to play, more tournaments to participate in if you want to do the boss rush mode that it has. Like, there's a lot to this game. Um, I've played for about 10 hours now, which for a platformer like it, I think is, is typically a good amount of time. And I feel like I still have plenty of hours in this game if I wanted to go back and 100% it. Um, and, and the thing about it is that it's a game that's so easy to hop into and hop out of that I'm not necessarily feeling a pressure to do so right away, right? This is a game that I can play when I'm uh, on my way to, to visit my parents for Christmas, right? Pop it on a plane, just do a few levels here and there, um, bim, bam, boom. Uh, I, I think it all works. Um, and I do really like uh, the story for it, too. Obviously, it's not the most intricate story ever created, but there is, like, an attempt to do something different with the formula, to have a, a world that, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, overextends itself with this new creature that lands that they think that they can manipulate and take advantage of its power. And of course, that doesn't go well. And so now you have the world that it is. Um, and, and there's something really cool about that kind of world building, to, to take a, a swing that pushes uh, the kids who I'm sure are playing this game. Um, because it is, at the end of the day, I am aware that I am playing a game intended for children. Um, it's just a game that I would argue is intended for everybody because nobody should grow up to not be able to appreciate the adorableness and joy that Kirby brings to everything. He just wants to say hi and take you on his merry little adventure and kick his little feet and go fish every now and then or whatever it is that you find most interesting about what the game has to offer. Um, it's just really deeply um, fun. And, and, uh, given where I have been mentally the last few weeks, there has been nothing that I have needed more in this world than just light fun. Uh, and I'm very thankful to Kirby for giving me that. And, uh, and very glad that I, I, uh, took the chance to play it. Uh, so as you can imagine, absolutely. That's a hard recommend from me. Um, if you like platformers at all, uh, or you just like cute things, uh, Kirby's going to give it to you. Um, definitely uh, a game that I, I would say is is uh, the best at what it is trying to do that it could be. Um, and, if, and if you don't like Kirby, like if you just don't like Kirby, if you don't like cute things, then beat him up in Smash Brothers. Like go play Smash Brothers <laughs> and beat up Kirby because that's like that's also enjoyable to do. But like there is room in the world like Kirby is a great game because it reminds you games are supposed to be fun. At at its core, it's just supposed to be fun. Not everything has to be uh Elden Ring. 
or Dark Souls. You know, not everything has to be this ridiculously difficult and dark and gritty and nuanced and and not everything has to be Resident Evil 7 or, or anything like that. Sometimes it is absolutely okay to play as a, a tiny little pink something and swallow enemies to gain their abilities and operate a vehicle without a license. That's all fun. <laughs> it is. It's so fun. And I... I, for one, am thankful for the reminder that sometimes fun is all you need. Um, and I think that this podcast has been very fun, Walter. And we did it in the amount of time that we originally had planned for this podcast. So go team for us and go team for you lovely listeners uh, for joining us on this episode. Uh, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Uh, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the episode, we had just also finished... Uh, recording the next episode of the final cut podcast so that'll be coming out next monday uh where we did we we went back to what we said we were originally going to do and we covered uh kristen stewart playing princess diana and spencer uh so go give that a check out either on the final cut feed itself or if you're listening from just the main rough dress feed just stick right here it'll be in your notifications there uh monday uh monday morning afternoon if you're in the united states and if you're in europe eh, listen to it either on your way home from work if you work kind of late or on your way into work on tuesday morning absolutely um and and you could of course follow me at chase wassenaar on twitter you can follow the pod at rough drafts pod um and you can come back in two weeks when we will talk about two completely different games uh but until then goodbye internet <laughs>